It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, December 12th. Some LA Galaxy news from last week. Kevin Cabral gone to Colorado Rapids. I'm going to help you sort of dissect that deal and tell you the good, the bad, the really, the really bad part of it. Maybe just the wasted expense. Maybe that's what we'll talk about. Also going to talk a little bit about uh, Vietnam and why the LA Galaxy or some LA Galaxy players are in Vietnam right now. We have that for you. Former LA Galaxy player Giassi Zardis on the move as well. Uh, I'm sure we're going to cover lots of other things as they sort of come around. Again, countdown to camp starting, countdown to uh, the Rose Bowl game as well. So hope everybody is uh, locked in. Sorry I missed you last uh, last Thursday, but uh, I, I trust everybody's back. Everybody's ready to go. Certainly seems that way. Um, I know it was a lot of uh, a lot of time left ruminating on uh, on the LA Galaxy cheating scandal and all that fun stuff. Certainly touched a nerve with some listeners. I think some people would like to believe that the LA Galaxy do nothing wrong. And there's obviously people who believe that um, that if you're not cheating, you're not trying. They, there's a big difference of how the LA Galaxy have operated in the past and how they operated with that Christian Pavone thing. And then you take it to, to the 2019 sort of standpoint. It gets really, really murky, really interesting. I invite you, if you didn't listen to it, to go back and listen to that last Monday show. It was an important one. Um, and I, I think it sort of sets up all the stuff that now is happening, right? So if we're paying attention and looking at the countdown, 26 days until the LA Galaxy report to uh, camp. That is on January 7th. The LA Galaxy recording for physicals that day. Get everything ready on January 7th and things will be rocking and rolling there. Victor Vasquez, probably not going to be coming back to the LA Galaxy. I know we said that Toronto got him in, uh, in I think that's stage two reentry draft. We talked a little bit about that. We also said there's, you know, possibilities. Perhaps things can move around. But uh, Victor Vasquez was uh, one of those guys who who tweeted out today a picture of him heading off to Toronto. Uh, said that that's where he was headed. So it looks like he's headed, quote unquote, home there uh, for a little bit. So 26 days before the LA Galaxy report to camp, uh, 23 players now on the roster. We'll tell you how they went from 24 to 23 here in just a little bit, in just 75 days now until the LA Galaxy kick off against LAFC at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena on February 25th, 2023. We 
have uh, the Coachella Valley Invitational that is coming up as well. Um, so all these things starting to build up some build up some momentum. Uh, MLS Super Draft coming up as well. So that's going to happen. And then, you know, I think everything's going to shut down for the for the holidays and you're not really going to see anything until till the first of the year. So uh, really interesting. Interesting. The LA Galaxy have stayed rather mum on Chris Klein's future as we approach the end of the year as well. And, you know, there's some theorizing there that perhaps uh, they don't need to do anything with Chris Klein because perhaps he doesn't have a contract and perhaps that expires on 1231. And therefore, um, you know, they, that will that will expire whenever it expires. And there will be an announcement about that eventually, maybe possibly sometime. So um, all stuff that we're sort of keeping an eye on and how it goes. But if we're looking at anything right now, we can look at the Greg Vanny sporting director era, right? That has officially started. Uh, Greg Vanny reporting directly to AEG now. He is in charge. He's the guy pulling the strings. He's the guy doing the stuff. He has people who work underneath him. Basically, you can look at everybody in the front office now works underneath Greg Vanny as the quote unquote sporting director. There's business sides of stuff, I'm sure, that is being picked up from uh, from the AEG side. Uh, there as well. So uh, maybe Tom Braun uh, a little more involved with that as well. He's one of the one of the guys who we've had on the podcast before. So we'll see sort of how this develops and how the LA Galaxy go on without Chris Klein directing any sort of day to day traffic at the office. Right. Well, one of the first things that we had happen and this happened on Thursday and usually on Thursday we'd have a podcast, but uh, was with family last Thursday. So couldn't do that. So we get to pick up the Kevin Cabral trade. And I'm sure by now you're sort of like that happened so long ago. I don't even remember it anymore, but I want to pay attention. There's a lot of really interesting little, um, little points to pay attention to this deal. Uh, the first is, uh, not to toot my own horn, but I told you that I would find it very unlikely that Kevin Cabral will be back this year. And, you know, I know there were lots of people who think that Greg Vanny is blind to Kevin Cabral. Uh, in fact, people were even saying this must have been really hard for, for Greg Vanny to do to move Kevin Cabral to get him out. Um, and I will say that while I'm sure Greg uh, laments the fact that he couldn't bring the Kevin Cabral, you know, um, uh, project to light and, and to make it work the way that he saw it working in his head. I don't think there was any hesitation where he was like, Oh, I think we have to keep Kevin Cabral this year. I, I don't think there was ever any chance that Kevin Cabral was coming back after the season that he had last year. There was no progress. In fact, it was almost, he almost took steps backward, which is hard to do for a guy who doesn't score very many goals. Um, and, and gets a lot of minutes. And I apologize. I, Allergy attack for some reason this morning, maybe all the rain. I hope everybody's not underwater anywhere. We got rained on really hard this weekend. That was good. Uh, we need the water, obviously. Uh, most of that goes out to the ocean. That's probably not the best use of it for most people, but that's okay. But for whatever it is, I got a little bit of allergies, so I'll, I'll struggle through it. Um, but I don't think it was hard for Greg Vanny to make this move. Uh, I, again, I always say this, and I think that people don't listen to me, is that Greg Vanny sees what you see, uh, and he probably sees it more. Right. So he probably had even more of a front row seat to Kevin Cabral and his struggles and all the things that he went through for the through the first two years. So Greg is not delusional. He's not crazy. Uh, he's actually I think he's fairly level headed as a manager. Yes, he has his guys. I don't think Kevin Cabral was ever one of his guys, but he certainly saw him as a tool to use. And he certainly was trying to get the most out of Kevin Cabral while he was here. That being said, no brainer that he wasn't going to come back. The deal that goes now 
uh, is an interesting one. Cabral was traded to the Colorado Rapids for $1 million in general allocation money. That's 600000 in 2023 general allocation money and 400000 in 2024 general allocation money. Now, the million dollars is an important number, and certainly everybody's going to sit there and say, well, the LA Galaxy got fined a million dollars in future general allocation money, so this should wipe that out. Obviously, it depends on how MLS is administrating this fine. I would imagine that what happens is any future general allocation money that they're going to get in terms of anything that comes in is going to, quote unquote, come into them right now. Like they gave Kevin Cabral to the Colorado Rapids for a million dollars of general allocation money, but they're getting 600,000 of it right now. Right. So 600,000 comes in and that 600,000 is now I would imagine taken from the LA Galaxy and the league goes, OK, you owe us 400,000. But the LA Galaxy don't have that 400,000. Right. Because that doesn't hit until 2024. And I doubt they're going to tell the league, we'll just take it from 2024. And I, I mean, I would imagine the league isn't like, oh, yeah, let's make it easy on you uh, to, to cover this. So I would imagine any general allocation money the Galaxy get from this season until that million dollars is paid off is what is being taken. All right. So in this particular case, six hundred thousand dollars from the Colorado Rapids doesn't come to the L.A. Galaxy. It goes to uh, Major League Soccer and distributed distributed is funny because this is this is fake money. Even in, in terms of general allocation, it's it's fake money. Right. And so it's sort of like, OK, what can you what can you really do with that? Does that somebody goes, oh, it probably goes to a charity. I don't know that it does being it's fake. It's just a way general allocation money is really just a way to sort of pay down against the salary cap and do different things. But I don't know that it's actually real money. It's it's fake money. It always has been fake money. And so, you know, we can say that, oh, this was a really smooth deal by Greg Vanny because you got the million dollars and now that fine is sort of written off. I, I doubt it works that cleanly and that easily. That being said, you took a large chunk of it at 600,000. You had, um, we can actually pull this up because of course I have, I have charts for that. Um, if we look at the allocation money they've gotten so far this year, 75,600. So, so far the galaxy have gained $675,000 in general allocation money that I would imagine has going to the league. You know, next year they're due another four, five hundred and eighty thousand dollars in 2024, just from the deals that they've done so far. I had to even go back to see if there was other stuff that would fall into 2024 or 2023. That's always fun to go back and look and say, Oh yeah, in 2022, there were these deals that got the LA Galaxy X number of allocation money. But this is just from the from the deals that we've seen so far. And those those deals are, uh, you know, Cameron Dunbar going for seventy five thousand dollars in twenty twenty three general allocation money. You have Derek Williams who went for, um, you know, one hundred and eighty thousand dollars in general allocation money. But that's all in twenty twenty four. So you don't get to keep that right now. Um, you know, you have Kevin Cabral being traded, right? So you have these different mechanisms and things. And as I can tell right now, the LA galaxy have probably collected about $675,000 of their million dollar fine that they're going to have to pay in general allocation money. All right. So keep that in mind as, as we're sort of going through there is that that was one of the things. Now, there were a lot of people who said, and I think even myself included, there was, it's going to be hard to get rid of Kevin Cabral. Right. It's hard to get rid of an asset that is underperforming. So what can you do? Uh, we had talked about him possibly going back to France and the LA Galaxy paying a portion of a salary. And that way it's sort of like, hey, they we're giving him to you at a level that is uh, equal or, or commensurate with what the what he's worth. Right. That's what you have to figure out. What is Kevin Cabral worth? 
right? And so when this came through, and Tom Bogert was the one who uh, officially reported this, said that basically the Colorado Rapids were getting um, were, were giving away a million dollars to the LA Galaxy uh, in general allocation money. And if you left it at that, I was sort of sitting there going, wow, best case scenario is what you just did. You offloaded salary. You got general allocation money that you're being fined for right now as well. So you're offsetting some of that. You're doing those things and you know, in my mind, you're looking at somebody who made a salary of $1.6 million for Kevin Cabral, right? $1.6 million per year for Kevin Cabral. And you're sitting there going, that still seems like a lot for what Colorado is getting, right? So they're going to pay him $1.6 million. Well, eventually, and it took a little while, it took a couple hours, if I remember correctly, uh, Tom was able to add to this, adding to the sources, uh, basically saying the LA Galaxy will cover around 50% of Kevin Cabral's salary for the next three seasons while he's on the Colorado Rapids. So Colorado will still be a designated player in Colorado. What's interesting, if you look at perhaps how that works, um, he may be only hitting a salary cap of 800 and something thousand dollars. Right. And if he's only hitting a salary cap of eight hundred some thousand dollars, there's a possibility he could become a TAM player with that. But as of right now, maybe Colorado is classifying him as a designated player or Major League Soccer is saying he has to be a designated player because he's a designated player just because the Galaxy are paying one point six million dollars. And now you're paying half of that. Um, he still has to take up a designated player spot because otherwise there's some where is the money being accounted for somewhere else, right? Somebody was asking me whether or not the money the Galaxy are paying for Cabral would still hit their salary cap, right? So did the Galaxy have an $850,000 salary cap hit? Unlikely. And the reason that's unlikely, and obviously it's Major League Soccer, so do I ever have a, a, a wonderful, perfect answer for you? No, of course not. I've looked through some of the rules and tried to figure some of the stuff out. I can tell you in general what I believe is that because he's a designated player, because his salary is above a certain cap hit, I don't think that there's a cap hit going for the Galaxy paying uh, for for Kevin Cabral's uh, salary. So um, it, it's it's just an interesting deal. The Galaxy probably, I mean, the 800 and let's see, we can actually do it because I actually did the uh, Cabral made one point six five million in salary uh, per the MLS players union. Right. We know that. Uh, we know the Galaxy are, at are on the hook for approximately half, which is $825,000 of the salary for the next three years, right? So that's $2.475 million over the life of his contract. Oh, nice. Sirius, Sirius deciding to talk to me. Um, over the life of the contract, right? So again, $1.65 in salary. Divide that in half, $825,000 times three for the next three years. The Galaxy will pay, be paying over two point four, almost $2.5 million to have Kevin Cabral play for somebody else. Not great whenever you think about it, but there's also the fact that the designated player spot has been opened up and we've talked, I think on this show enough about how valuable designated player spots are, even if it's a young designated player spot. And we have to talk about that in that context as well. Right? So, uh, Dayon Jovalich, a U22 player, Julian Araujo, a U22 player, and Efrain Alvarez, a U22 player. MLS rules say that you can have three senior DPs, right? We're going to call them senior DPs so we can differentiate between young DP and just a regular DP. There is no such thing as a senior DP, but it helps when I'm explaining it. Trust me, I've tried to explain regular DPs and young DPs and it gets confusing, right? So your MLS says if you want to have three regular DPs or three senior DPs, then you're only allowed to have one U22 player, 
right? Well, the Galaxy have three. So if the Galaxy were going to go out and replace Kevin Cabral with a non-young designated player, a non-young DP, um, then they would have to figure out their U-22 situation. They would have to figure out what they were doing with Dayan Jovalich, Julian Rajo, or Efrain Alvarez. You'd have to get rid of two because you're allowed to have one. If you have three D- senior DPs, you're allowed one U-22 player. If you only have two DPs and you have a third DP slot that's open, you're allowed to have three DP, uh, three U-22 players. All right, so if you have two designated players, one of your designated player spots is open, you're allowed three U-22 players. So right now, the Galaxy are roster compliant because they don't have a designated player in that spot. Or you're allowed three U-22 players if you have one of your DPs being a young designated player, right? So you have two quote-unquote senior or regular DPs, right? And one young designated player, a young DP. If you have that young DP situation, you're allowed to have up to three um, up to three U22 players, right? Easy. Okay. So the galaxy are roster compliant right now. People are also going to ask about, you know, bringing a senior DP. If you bring in a regular DP and then what are you going to do with everybody else? The galaxy don't have to be roster compliant basically until like the day before the season starts and being there kicking off the season, it'll be like the day before, um, you know, they go and play, uh, at the Rose bowl against LAFC. So there's time to figure that out. Okay, so don't freak out about that if that happens, because I imagine the LA Galaxy are, are mulling over their their choices. What do you do with Dayon Jovalich? What do you do with Julian Araujo? What do you do with Efrain Alvarez? There's probably a scenario in which you can take Efrain Alvarez and sell him, right? Convert Julian Araujo to a TAM player, which really hurts you on the salary cap side, but convert Julian Araujo or Dayon Jovalich to a TAM player. Right. And then go and have one player still remain a U22 player that helps you on the cap hit. Right. We talk about increased cap hits, decreased cap hits. A U22 player has much smaller. I think two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand dollars is the max cap hit of a U22 player. Whereas in your, you know, you're paying Julian Rajo uh, seven hundred and something thousand dollars, if I remember correctly, then you'd have that full cap hit. Not only that, you might have to make somebody a targeted allocation money player, all those things. Okay, so. Let's get to the really bad part about all this. Let's talk about Kevin Cabral in terms of the Galaxy's overall cash outlay in the two years that he was with the LA Galaxy. So again, we're going to talk about again. Cabral was making $1.65 million in salary per year. That means the LA Galaxy were paying him $825,000 for the next three years because they're paying for half of his salary with Colorado. That's $2.475 million over the life of the contracts for the next three years. They've already spent $3.3 million in salary over the first two years for Kevin Cabral, right? Because we take the 1.65, we multiply it by two. That's where we get the 3.3 in salary over the first two years. So now we have to take the 3.3 million and add it to the almost 2.5 million, uh, which brings your total cost over five years to $5,775,000. The LA galaxy have spent on Kevin Cabral. And now let's add in the nearly $6 million in transfer fee. That means effectively the LA galaxy are paying $11,675,000 for Kevin Cabral. And he's going to cost the LA Galaxy for the two years he actually played for the LA Galaxy. You take that 11 million and you divide it by two. He's basically costing the LA Galaxy 5.8 or five, almost 5.9 million dollars. Actually, five five million eight hundred thirty seven thousand five hundred dollars per year he played for the LA Galaxy. If you take his total cost and what would be rolled up into, um, you know, his his two years that he played for the LA Galaxy. All right, that's the cash outlay that is unrecoverable. And 
when you look at Kevin Cabral and you look at who scouted him, Greg Vanny, and you look at the project that he was supposed to be doing, that means that this was was a huge miss and it cost AEG, the LA Galaxy, millions of dollars, almost, you know, over eleven and a half million dollars for this experiment. And the guy could not convert, couldn't make it happen. Right. So what do you have? Six goals, five assists and 61 appearances with the LA Galaxy. That was that was what you get for over eleven point six million dollars. Huge failure. Right. And so this is something and this is a Greg Vanny hold that he dug himself. We can blame a lot of people for a lot of things. Right. But this Kevin Cabral thing that has to be hung on Greg Vanny in terms of what he did. Now, I I applaud for getting out of it and you had to get out of it. There was no choice. But that's also one of those things where I'm like, there's no choice but to get out of it. And the way they got out of it preserves their ability to do other things. So it's not horrible. But your chances of recouping that money are, are fairly small. Now, there is one little tiny caveat in all this. And the L.A. Galaxy have said we reserve the right or we we reserved basically a portion of any future transfer fee to come back to us. Right. If I remember correctly, I think Cabral had that from uh, Valencianas um, as well, that they had a portion of this thing. So I imagine the Galaxy are like cutting portions that they gave to Colorado. So if Colorado somehow gets Kevin Cabral to play, and they transfer him, then the LA Galaxy will get some money back. Are they going to get $11.675 million? They'd have to sell him for like $25 million, $30 million in order probably for the LA Galaxy to even get close to their money back. So that's a that's a pretty big failure on a fairly large scale for the LA Galaxy. Why was, and, and if we go back, I think there's a bunch of different factors that, that look into why this was a failure, why Greg Vanny didn't hit on this player and, and a whole bunch of things. One is it was in the middle of COVID. Remember that they're scouting people. Two is they had no scouting department either, right? And so this is the Galaxy's structural failures that will allow to this as well. You can, you're, this is what we always talk about analytics. And I'm not one of these people who thinks you should just be like, oh, all you need to do is just read those numbers. Not like Moneyball, where you just read the numbers and say, yep, that's our guy. We've never seen him play, but we're going to go ahead and put him in there. You have to always use the eye test. Well, in this particular case, Greg Vanny was there scouting somebody. He found Kevin Cabral and he said, this guy looks really good. And the Galaxy didn't have a system, weren't in, in a position to evaluate Kevin Cabral fairly. So they had to go off of the eye test. They had to watch some video. They had to watch him play games. And in League Two, you know, does that does that work for them? Eventually they figure it out, you know, the whole deal. So now that happens, right? So... There's failures on all levels. I think they're in a better position now to make some of those decisions. Obviously, you talk about Michael Stevens being in there. We've talked about the ghost teams that the LA Galaxy are creating, that they're scouting, that they're using analytics. Even if it's not an in-house person, they have contractors now who are providing them the data, who are able to run the reports for them to put those ghost teams together. Right. So the analytics department is starting to sort of evolve, it feels like. And maybe they've made even bigger gains this year. We haven't really had much contact with them in the offseason, but perhaps that's one of the things that gets built up under Greg Vanny, the sporting director. All right. The the last thing that I would put this is um I just gave you that eleven point six seven five million dollar number that is sort of total cash outlay for for uh for Kevin Cabral, but we didn't mention Remy Cabral as well. And the fact is that, and there certainly were a bunch of rumors, and I, I think the rumors are still there, is that Remy Cabral may be one of the highest paid USL players, um, certainly for the LA Galaxy, maybe in the league. 
And so, you know, being we don't know those numbers, we don't have that. I can't tell you how much Remy Cabral made as well. But Remy Cabral now still playing for LA Galaxy 2, now separated from his twin brother. Remy playing fairly well, but on, I would imagine, what is a largely inflated USL contract. So that's even more cash there that, that goes. I mean, maybe it's a million dollars. Maybe it's maybe it's one and a half million. I mean, I have no idea. I, nobody's told me, but I've heard that there's significant cash outlay to, to Remy Cabral as well. We'll see what that ends up being if that ever gets reported. But that just adds to that $11.675 million, right? Unless Remy Cabral suddenly is, is the right Cabral, comes up through LA Galaxy 2 and eventually signs a first-team contract and you know breaks all the records and makes back all the money, then um, I think we can, we can sort of say, okay, maybe we can offset some of that, right? So again, Remy Cabral, also part of this whole thing. So when you look at all the, this, this was an absolute failure on the LA Galaxy's part to find a difference-making player and put in the young designated player spot. Now, young DPs have not been successful around Major League Soccer. There's maybe one, I think, Somebody was in our chat room. It was probably Ramiro's, Ramiro, who's in our, our, our chat room, um, who's in our Discord, does a great job and always digs up these crazy numbers. And like he he takes the time to study and look at different players and said, you know, one of the few young DPs that's really hit, I think, is uh, Miguel Amaron. Um, and that may be like the to totality of the hitting list of the young designated players. So certainly a risky proposition. MLS knows it's a risky proposition. That's why they incentivize it, right? They're sort of like, listen, you're going to have to take a gamble on this. So we want to give you these advantages. It only costs X number of dollars from the cap. We're going to give you other U22 advantages. So that way you can sort of offset while you're trying to develop this talent because ultimately MLS says that there's an upside there. And I think teams are thinking there's an upside there, which is you develop these young talents, you get them in at 21, 22, 23. You're then able to develop and build up and they get this international sort of, you know, notoriety of having played in your league and doing these things. And then you can sell them for money. And ultimately that money comes back and helps the club helps and it helps increase the stature of the league. All those things are, are there. But the science of developing young players has been known for a while. And guess what? It's not very successful. You have to have a wide net. You have to do very good scouting. And you have to understand that if you catch, I always say like, you know, if you're catching fish, if you, if you catch 10 fish, then nine of them, you're gonna have to throw back. They're not going to make the cut. They're not going to be big enough. They're not going to be good enough. They're not going to be fast enough. Nine of your 10 are going to throw back. Um, I think the LA Galaxy, if you've looked at young players who have developed within the organization and the success that they've had, you can go back and count a lot of almost success, very few actual successes, right? Julian Araujo didn't really develop inside the academy, but as a young player, is one of the more successful ones. Jossie Zardes didn't really develop inside, this, inside the academy system, even though he spent just enough time in order to be classified as a homegrown player, right? He's one of the successes, right? Look at Jack McBean, who I was always a big fan of. Right. Look at how close that success came to, but did not get there. Right. Just always just a little bit closer. Right. You know, Jose Villarreal, you have Efrain Alvarez. Again, some some actual success with Efrain Alvarez hitting the bar of where you're expecting them to go. No. Um, and so there's always been this sort of I would love to say hit and miss, but it's been more miss. And I think that it, when you're we're putting so much focus on just a few um, especially in these formative years. Uh, I think it's the, the Matt Turner argument certainly is, uh, you know, one of those things. Some of these guys are late bloomers. Some guys are different. Um, everybody develops sort of at their own pace and it's up to good coaches, good analytics, good scouting uh, to be able to determine whether or not these guys are the ones. And sometimes you can be right as a scout, which is this guy is 
absolutely great. He's tearing it up against everybody that he is playing against. He's doing, he needs better challenges, bigger players. You watch him play up leagues and they're still taking it out. I mean, you know, Efrain Alvarez would school, schools people in USL, right? He's way too good for USL. You put him up against major league soccer and playing against more physical, bigger men, right? And it's, it's a little less, right? There's a little less of that domination. And so, Sometimes you, you get stuck at the guys who are too good for USL and not good enough for Major League Soccer. And if you're an attacking player in an LA Galaxy Academy, well, I don't know that you ever have any hope of, of really breaking through because if you're the LA Galaxy as the senior team level, you're going to go out and get a designated player, right? So um, this is the these are the 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 learnings of of you know an organization that doesn't have all of its stuff together, right? And we've been very clear on that. Um, and is trying to. And so this was a major miss. Um, you can't have almost, you know, $11.675 million plus Remy Cabral's salary, whatever else you're doing there. You can't have that there and then be like, yeah, we, 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 that was, it was okay. It's, it's fine. Right. And so if the Galaxy are paying $825,000, the biggest deal with that is that one is that the designated player spot is open and that Kevin Cabral isn't on the team anymore taking up a spot. Right. So those are advantages. You have to look at those as, as advantages. Um, and because of that, I, I think that, you know, no matter how you look at this deal, you have to say, you know, absolute failure. Glad they got out of it without having to buy out a contract. And, and that's one of the things they didn't buy out Kevin Cabral's contract. They got somebody else to take him. Right. And because of that, um, yeah, I think you're you're seeing that there are some advantages to how they decided to do it and what they did. Is it the best deal in the world? No, it's not. Is it probably accurate to say that that's probably what Kevin Cabral is worth in Major League Soccer as an international player, a guy with all his speed? Um, you know, the lack of finishing is probably, but is he worth 825? That's the that's the value judgment that Robin Frazier made, which is that he's worth $825,000 and a million dollars in general allocation money. I, I don't have a, I don't have I don't have a, you know, an, an argument against that to say, no, he's not Frazier's Robert Frazier's taking a little gamble and Greg Vanny is paying for half of his salary to sort of say this is what he's probably worth in the league. OK, so I think that's I think that's where everything is 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 sort of playing out. Uh, it, it's a good move in terms of opening up the designated player spot outside of that horrible. Everything is bad about it. Um, because the $11.675 million the Galaxy are outlaying on this contract is never coming back. Um, I know my good friend Chris Tucker would then point out all the other ways the LA Galaxy have wasted money over the years, whether it's People Gonzalez or Jorgen Shelvick, um, and the list goes on and on and on about um, you know the big money sort of gambles that the LA Galaxy haven't hit on. Uh, Giovanni Dos Santos, Jonathan Dos Santos to some extent too. Right. So there's been misses, a lot of misses. And so there needs to be more hits. That being said, the LA Galaxy were the fourth best team in the Western Conference last year, playing some of the best soccer that uh, that Major League Soccer had seen at the end of the year when it counted the most. Those those are the positives that you can sort of take. And Kevin Cabral wasn't a major part of that. So you're not losing anything whenever you lose Kevin Cabral, except for four or five breakaways a game that never get converted. I'm still trying to figure out if they you know, if they get that, but that means the LA galaxy still have a remedy on their hands. If they decide that they don't want to, and remember there is a summer transfer ban, right? Basically anything that's outside of the league, you're not going to be able to handle. 
uh, the LA Galaxy can't need to get ITCs for for international transfer certificates, and that has been banned by Major League Soccer for the summer transfer window. So all of the moves the LA Galaxy have to be making are right now. That's why opening up the designated player spot probably was more appetizing to AEG and the LA Galaxy, knowing that they were going to have uh, their hands tied whenever it came to the summer. Right, so big spending summer is not in the cards. So that means a big spending winter, even if we have to eat all of that money for Kevin Cabral, is important. And they went after the position of need, which is a, a winger. They moved a winger, which now hopefully gives them a chance to bring in another winger. Yes, you can buy out Costa now. Okay, that, that's, that's what chat room's asking. And by the way, $10 super chat from uh, Gary. We appreciate that. Uh, what the gave us a $2 super chat. I'm going to save that for just a second. I haven't forgot about it. Uh, I'm paying attention. Uh, I just want to cover that here a little bit later. So um, $10 super chat. Appreciate that. So that's where we're at. LA Galaxy now have 23 players on the roster. Again, how many days? 26 days? Is that what it is? I'll, you know what? I'll just bring it up again. 26 days. There it is. 26 days until the LA Galaxy start camp. They have 23 players. They can add seven players basically to the roster. Somebody said, hey, it's start starting to get that time to start asking about Farai Mutatu again, right? Nope, it's not because we will, we will know whenever camp starts and then we'll be able to ask Greg Vanny. Right now is not the time. Wait until that happens uh, coming up here and then we'll be able to ask Greg and the LA Galaxy sort of what the plans are there. I, I, again, I don't know that Greg was super optimistic the last time. I think he talked to Damian Calhoun about it. There's still a lot of stuff up in the air about whether Farai Mutatu can come back um, and whether or not um, they're sort of there. The Galaxy have been hoping that he would be and that he would be available for uh, camp as it started. So that camp is starting to sort of set up here very, very soon. Let's talk about something else that's going on in LA Galaxy land as we sort of turn the page a little bit from uh, Kevin Cabral. And I don't know if you've been seeing it. I'm sure you have been seeing it. AJ Delagarza has been tweeting about it. But uh, the LA Galaxy, a select number of LA Galaxy players, uh, including former LA Galaxy player and former MLS player, AJ Delagarza, who's sort of on the, uh, the, the ambassador tour here, um, are in Vietnam. It was funny. I was actually talking to uh, Vicky Mercado, who's in charge of uh, uh, communications and PR for the LA Galaxy. I was able to uh, to call her and she goes, she goes, I'm in Vietnam. And I'm like, well, what time is it there? And she's like, 8 a.m. I'm like, OK, good. I called it a good time then. I had no idea uh, that she was there. when We were talking about some different things, but they are there. They're on one of these Herbalife tours, right? And we've seen these happen on occasion, uh, certainly with COVID things shut down a little bit. But now that things are more open back up. Uh, it seems that the the L.A. Galaxy are back and doing these Herbalife tours now. They were in Vietnam. Uh, at least the the pictures that I was able to see certainly showed a raucous crowd, a ton of people there. Um, I this is this is I'm gonna I have to speculate because I don't know all the details and uh, because of the time difference I wasn't really able to figure out all of the all of the particulars here. But I would imagine that a lot of the people who are in the stadium are Herbalife distributors in Vietnam. Um, I would imagine that that's why they're here. I, I do think there's an association with the LA Galaxy, and I do think that that draws a lot of weight. And you can certainly see, um, you know, AJ De La Garza out there signing autographs and doing a whole bunch of things. And I stole some pictures from his Twitter in order to to show everybody, right? But I'm not quite sure this is just straight up. Oh, Vietnam loves the LA Galaxy so much they filled up the stadium. I'll ask. I'll find out, right? But I imagine that there the a lot large portion of these are are associated with Herbalife, and that's why they're there. All right. Uh, the players who are there 
right now uh, that I've been able to, to see in the photos. Julian Araujo's there. Uh, Jalen Neal is there. Chase Gasper and Daniel Aguirre, along with AJ De La Garza. Those are the people who are there. LA Galaxy uh, staff, some LA Galaxy staff are there with them as well. Looks like it was pretty raucous uh, sort of thing. And uh, AJ De La Garza said, you know, representing LA Galaxy and Herbalife here in Vietnam. What an amazing experience. Next stop, uh, Ho Chi Minh City. So they are doing a little bit of tour inside of Vietnam and, and doing that. We've seen these in the past. Um, and there is a promotional, usually bonus that is paid out to players who do this type of thing. Right. So, and you wouldn't expect them to do it for free. That's not part of it, but you know, there is some incentive for some of these guys to go out and, and make some additional money and, and go out and do these different, uh, sponsorship things. So, um, that was kind of interesting. I, I thought that was, that was nice. And it's always nice to see, uh, you know, what the LA galaxy name can do internationally. And I would say, even if this is Herbalife distributors, there still seems to be a pretty cool following of the LA Galaxy in Vietnam and some other places. So we we actually our podcast is is one of the like top two hundred and fifteen podcasts in Cambodia in the sports side. So I mean, you know, within the 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 areas around the world, there are enclaves of LA Galaxy fans, and I think we saw that whenever the Galaxy would go on tour in Australia or whether they would go on tour in Ireland or different places that the LA Galaxy have a following. They are more well-known than any other major league soccer team. Um, and that was David Beckham's doing, right? And so there is that sort of loyalty to knowing uh, who the LA Galaxy are around the world. And I think that that's one of the things that always plays whenever you talk about the LA Galaxy and any rumors that come around is that people know one name, which is the LA Galaxy. And a lot of times they use that. So it's a good sign. It shows that overall internationally, the brand is still fairly strong, right? But you have to continue to establish that. And you have to do that by signing big name players and by winning championships, something the LA Galaxy haven't done in a very, very long time. All right. So that was something uh, to sort of pay attention to in there. Uh, one of the other things that I thought was interesting today was that former LA Galaxy, and we talked about him a little bit earlier, a former LA Galaxy player, Giassi Zardes, who has gone through a bunch of different teams, Columbus um, and then Colorado, is now on his way to uh, Austin. And Austin actually gave him a multi-year contract. Uh, he was a free agent, so they gave him three guaranteed years through the 2025 season with an option for 2026. So Giassi Zardes moving around and doing stuff. The bottom line is that as the World Cup is starting to wrap up, and as it's starting to conclude that things are starting to happen, all right, one of the very loose rumors that I've been seeing is Angel De Maria, uh, who's playing with Juventus right now and is actually is currently in Qatar playing for uh, Argentina, um, says that perhaps he would be available um, and perhaps MLS is a place for him to go. Very, again, very loose association, very loose rumor. It's more like pie in the sky type of thing, but 34-year-old winger, right? World, world renowned LA Galaxy have an open designated player spot. You imagine they're going to get a winger. That's what I would imagine the LA Galaxy are going to go out and do is get a winger with a designated player spot. And which winger, we don't know, but that's my guess right now. And whatever camp opens, we'll be able to talk to Greg and actually figure that out, right? So that's something that we'll see as well. Um, so just sort of keep that in mind as everything goes forward, that there are some chances for some movement now that the World Cup is really starting to to, to close in. And, and there's been some really exciting games, that type of thing. So um, there's one thing I wanted to sort of close out with. Uh, and, you know, maybe we won't have a full hour today. And, and I, I really want to save this topic more for whenever Kevin comes back. I, I would like to everybody to point out Kevin 
is in Qatar. He has been covering the tournament. He's been doing an excellent job if you've been watching his coverage. Um, but he was also there uh, in the stadium whenever whenever Grant Wall passed away. Uh, and, and I know that Kevin is, first of all, I would like to point out um, that, that Kevin always tells me that at these World Cups is you always get sick. Right, you always get sick because you're working in these cramped quarters. There's people all around you. You're there for a month. I think whenever he came back from Russia, he was sick, right? Um, and so, like, and whenever he went down to Brazil, he was sick. Like, and I've known Kevin for a while to sort of do that. And so, it just wears on you to be there day in, day out, day in, day out. Um, and so, he's there doing the best he can, being far away from home for over a month, right? This is, these are not easy assignments. They're unbelievable life experiences would never classify them as easy. Uh, but Kevin was there whenever, whenever Grant wall passed away. Um, and I, I know he was shaken up about it. Uh, Grant was an icon in terms of, uh, soccer coverage in the United States. Probably one of the first books I read was, uh, the Beckham experiment, obviously that, that is more tabloid, but also some really great storytelling that Grant had, um, in there as well. So, um, you know, losing a soccer reporter like that who was able to, I'd say, usher in the era of soccer media in the United States, certainly while I was growing up, um, is is immense and monumental. But I really want to save the conversation for Grant and everything for whenever Kevin comes back, um, because I, I think that's fair to, to to let Kevin talk about his experiences there and everything else that we had. So um, obviously you've been seeing everything that's been going around and, and all of the people talking. I'll just say this, um, that I, I don't think that uh, that that Grant and uh, and the people who I associated with were always on the same page with things. I would never pretend to say otherwise, but I don't think it's uh, any stretch of imagination to say that that what Grant accomplished and what he was able to do was is monumental for the sport. Uh, certainly here in Los Angeles, just in terms of that Beckham experience, how we just talked about the worldwide LA Galaxy brand. I think Grant's book sort of goes into that. Uh, what is he able to do at Sports Illustrated and what he was able to do is sort of an independent as well. So always breaking new ground, always interesting to see. And I'm sure we'll be able to talk and reflect on on Grant's, uh, you know, impact on the game, uh, especially around the LA Galaxy. I think there's a there's something there, but I really want to do it whenever Kevin gets back. And I know Kevin's hurting uh as well just that's never anything that's easy and it's tough to to deal with and i know a lot of reporters are in that same situation right now so it's just it's really tough for me to put any perspective i didn't know grant um i can just tell you what what i've what i've been around and and what i've seen and like i said i I don't think we were always in fact most of the time we were not on the same side of arguments um and, and i don't think there was any love loss between uh between him and some of the people that i knew uh, and that's okay because that's that's how it is. Overall, you can read the stories that are online, and and I think on the balance that Grant uh, probably passes all those flying colors and is up there uh, able to enjoy uh, from wherever he's at all the soccer games. And if you're talking about in terms of of legend status on a on a soccer writer, um, I've I've obviously thought of many ways of of which I would like to go. And you guys all know my fantasy of of being you know 80 or 90 years old and sitting in the corner of the LA Galaxy press box, and maybe I just nod off, and that's the way I go. Uh, covering and watching soccer. So there's there's something, I think, distinguished with that. And we'll see what else comes of that because I refuse to speculate on anything else, that type of thing. So, um, yeah, that's where we're at with that. It's it's a difficult conversation for me to have, and I want to save it for whenever Kevin gets back. Uh, and I miss my buddy Kevin. Uh, I know you guys don't, but 
there's zero chance you guys want to continue to hear me by myself on Monday nights. Uh, so Kevin needs to come back and do that. The good news for you is that Thursday nights uh, will be back on this week. So uh, I will have a co-host of some sort. I don't know. I haven't figured out who it is yet. And we will talk about something. Don't know what that is yet either. But something always seems to happen as it comes up. So uh, we are going to cut this one a little bit short just because I don't want to belabor any more points. Uh, the bottom line is that Kevin Cabral was the big news we needed to talk about. We got through that and that we also expect that the LA Galaxy will start to sort of heat up as things get a little bit closer to uh, to that opening day. All right. All right. That's where we're at. Um, I don't think there's anything else I need to cover. Uh, if, uh, of course we'll be back on Thursday. So make sure you check out that live show. We'll be there to talk a little bit about these off season shows. Sometimes they're longer, sometimes they're shorter. We'll figure out something to talk about on Thursday night. Hope you'll join us there. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J G U E S M A N. And of course at galaxy podcast, uh, head on over to, uh, corner of the galaxy.com where you can find all the writings, all of the podcasts, all those shows will be right there. And if of course, Mr. Kevin Baxter at kbaxter11 and follow him at latimes.com doing all that wonderful World Cup stuff. Like I said, miss my buddy Kevin. Can't wait for him to get back so we can have some more conversations about the LA Galaxy. All right, that does it for me. You've been listening. You've been watching to this little corner of the galaxy from the box. Hope you have a great one and we'll catch you a little bit later this week. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.